Please pray with me. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. One of my favorite storytellers is the filmmaker Ken Burns. My wife Catherine and I are both fans of his uh, many different documentary series, and our favorite one without doubt is the, the Civil War series. I can remember in the early 90s uh, when it first came out watching bits and piece of, pieces of it in school, and then a couple of years ago, Catherine and I sat down and watched uh, the series together again, and we both found ourselves just engrossed in the story uh, that Burns tells with the help of David McCullough and Shelby Foote and Barbara Fields and so many other wonderful historians. One of the most memorable scenes, and if you watched the series, then you will probably remember it, comes uh, at the end of the first episode. Uh, as the musical piece, Ashokan Farewell, begins to play, we hear uh, an actor read a letter written by a Union officer from Rhode Island, Sullivan Ballou, to his wife, Sarah. It's a very uh, moving letter uh, that, that Ken Burns puts into this episode, and I sat in my office this past week and watched it on YouTube again and was just sort of crying as I listened to uh, the actor read these words. Ballou writes, My very dear Sarah, the indications are strong that we shall move in a few days, perhaps tomorrow. Lest I should not be able to write to you again, I feel impelled to write a few lines that may fall under your eyes when I shall be no more. And then Baloo goes on to write about how much he believes in the cause for which he's fighting. He writes about how he is uh, sort of mourning not being able to watch his sons grow up, and he tells his wife over and over again how great his love is for her. He ends the letter by saying, If I do not return, my dear Sarah, never forget how much I love you. And when my last breath escapes me on the battlefield, it will whisper your name. And if you remember that first episode in the series, you'll, you'll know that it ends with the narrator, David McCullough, telling the viewer that Sullivan Ballou was killed a week later at the first battle of Bull Run. Ballou's letter was a a farewell letter. He seemed to sense in a really strong and powerful way that he would never see his wife, never see his children again, and so he wanted to write to her one last time to tell her just how much he loved her. It's incredibly moving. I was thinking about that letter as I started to read our lessons for today. We're in John chapter 15 this morning, and we're hearing a bit of what is called Jesus's farewell discourse. It starts in John chapter 14, and it goes all the way through John chapter 17. It's, it's a long goodbye to Jesus' closest friends. Jesus knows that his death is coming, and so he wants to tell them what they should remember, what they should do when he is gone. We always hear a bit of this farewell discourse around the final Sundays of the Easter season, and that's because we're, we're moving closer to the 40th day of Easter, Ascension Day. That's the day when we remember, as the Scriptures say, Jesus leaving earth as He ascends into the heavens. This farewell discourse that we're hearing is meant to be an intimate, personal goodbye that Jesus offers to His friends. And as we, as we hear it, we're meant to experience some of those emotions that the disciples felt as they said goodbye to the person they had been spending so much time with for three years. Jesus, in this reading for today, calls the disciples His friends. 
And we might think that Jesus does this a lot in the gospel accounts, but, but these few verses right here in John chapter 15 are actually the only times when Jesus uses the word friend to talk about his disciples. He uses the word in other places, typically when he's addressing large crowds of people as he's telling parables, but nowhere else in the gospels does Jesus look at his disciples and call them his friends. Just right here, right as he is saying goodbye to them. I do not call you servants any longer, he says, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. And what is it that they've heard from their friend? What is it that they've learned from their friend Jesus? They've, they've learned to love and now their work is to go out into the world, go out and bear fruit, to do good, to love as they have been loved by God. There was a study that came out of Stanford University's Department of Philosophy a couple of years ago on friendship, and in it the author Bennett Helm writes that friendship, he says, is undoubtedly central to our lives. In part, he says, because our friends can help shape who we are as persons. Our friends are important because they shape who we are, and perhaps that's why our parents always seem to be asking lots of questions about the people we were spending time with when we were growing up. They knew that those friends could shape us both in good ways and in not-so-good ways. As I read Jesus' farewell discourse, I see four, four important characteristics of friendship that he seems to exhibit, that he seems to show to his disciples. Four ways that they and we might be shaped by him so that we can be better friends to all the people in our lives. And so I'll offer you those four characteristics for your consideration this morning. The first characteristic that Jesus seems to exhibit is that of respect. Jesus has a deep respect for his friends, and this is seen, I think, most clearly when he bends down to wash their feet during the Last Supper. He assumes the position of a servant to intimately show respect for his friends. So often we think of respect as putting someone on a pedestal so as to revere, revere them or be in awe of them, and that's certainly a, a sign of respect. But, but the definition of respect that I like is, is treating the other with care and with courtesy regardless of their position in the world. Our baptismal covenant speaks to that when we ask this question, will you respect the dignity of every human being? Not just some human beings, but every human being. Jesus models this respect by washing the feet of his twelve apostles, even the feet of the one who, who would betray him. Friends, I think, offer us respect regardless of who we are, regardless of where we come from, how much money or education or power we might have. Friends offer respect because they have a deep care for the other. The second characteristic that I see uh, is that Jesus challenges his friends. He says in our gospel lesson for today that as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And if you've ever tried to keep the commandments of God, you will know that it can be a challenge at times. It's a challenge to love people that we like a whole lot. It's an even bigger challenge to love those who are different from us, those who are enemies in some way, those who we just don't like. And yet, that is the challenge that Jesus gives to us today. 
Jesus challenges the disciples to go out into the world and to do the work of being in relationship, of sharing the good news of God's very real love for all creation. He means for his disciples, for us to let go of fear, to move boldly into life, to risk offering themselves in relationships with others, people who are like them and people who are not like them. Friends, I think, challenge each other to grow. They challenge each other to be better people. A third characteristic of friendship that Jesus exhibits is that that he inspires his friends. The root of the word inspiration is, is spirit, and so the one who inspires places their spirit within a person. Jesus inspires his friends with the spirit of boldness, with the spirit of enthusiasm, so that they, so that we can do the work that we've been called to do. Jesus inspires his friends by giving them the gift of the Holy Spirit. A little later on in the farewell discourse, Jesus says to his friends that very soon he will send to them the advocate, the comforter, the very Holy Spirit of God to lead them and to guide them. Jesus is literally inspiriting his friends with the Holy Spirit so that they can continue his work. Friends inspire and motivate each other to make the world a better place. And finally, Jesus promises to his friends that he will abide with them. And maybe that's the most important one of all. He says, abide in my love. The Greek word meno that we translate as abide can also be translated as sustain or dwell or endure or remain, or as Luis told the young adults gathered for Latrobe last Wednesday, it can also mean hang in there. It's like those motivational posters that were all around my elementary school growing up with a little kitten hanging on the the rope or on the wire with the words, hang in there, baby, underneath it. That's what Jesus is saying to us today. Hang in there, baby. Hang in there because Jesus promises to be with us. He promises to hang in there with us. Friends abide. Friends sustain. Friends hang in there with us so that we can make it through the ups and downs of life. So four characteristics, four, four markers of friendship. Respect, challenge, inspire, and abide. Four ways for us to see how Jesus befriends each one of us, but also to help us to be better friends, better companions to others in our lives. Now as I go on, I want to take just a couple of minutes uh, to thank someone who has been a friend to many of us over the years. It was not lost on me as I was reading and preparing for this Sunday's sermon that just as Jesus was saying goodbye to his friends in our reading from John, Luis is in the midst of saying goodbye to all of us. And while I don't want to jump the gun as Luis still has a couple of more weeks of work and I want him to show up in the office the next couple of weeks, this this is the last Sunday that I will preach on before Luis retires, and so I think it's important for me to say thank you to him. I told the Latrobers the other night that that most of you all, most of them just get to see Luis on uh, one one day a week for uh, an hour or two, Uh, but I've had the wonderful opportunity to spend several hours a day, most days of the week with Luis uh, for four years working alongside him. And it's it hasn't been just me. I, I did a little digging, a little research, and during Luis's long tenure here at St. John's Church, he's had at least at least 14 assistant rectors that I could find, and that's just uh, what I found in the diocesan records. Uh, I'm guessing that there were a few more who sort of slipped in over the years. 
I reached out to several of those assistant rectors to ask them about their time with Luis and to ask them to share a few words with me about their, their thoughts, the ways that they would describe him. And this is uh, some of what they said. They said he's funny, he's tough, he's loyal, he's inspiring, he's supportive, he's handsome. I won't, I won't tell you which assistant rector said that. He's, He's insightful, he's successful, he's bold, he's unique, he's confident, and apropos to what we've heard today, he is a really, really good friend. The list could go on, and uh, I want to add one more word, one more descriptor, something that I've personally experienced from Luis as he's ministered to and befriended my family, and that word is that he is incredibly caring. Luis has always shown great care and compassion to me, to Catherine, to our children during good times and during really hard times, and that, that support has meant a whole lot to us. Luis has admitted several times to us from this very pulpit that he's not exactly a huggy, kissy type of person, but he is certainly someone who cares deeply for his friends, and I'm deeply grateful for the care and the support that Luis and his wife Lou have shown to me these past four years. It's never easy to say, to say goodbye to someone who's special to you. Think of dropping kids off at college or moving away from close friends or losing a parent or a spouse or a child. There is heartache that goes along with saying goodbye to someone that you love. But the thing that I've learned, the thing that I believe and that I lean on is that those important people, those friends in our lives, even if we never see them again in this world, they don't ever truly leave us because they have shaped who we are. They are a part of us just as we are a part of them. I can't count the number of times I've heard one of you all say something like, as Luis likes to say, fill in the blank. Luis has impacted your lives. He's impacted my life. He's impacted our common life here at St. John's Church for 24 years. And even though he leaves us in just a couple of weeks, his presence, his spirit, his love for this church will continue to abide in this place. It will continue to inspire us and encourage us and challenge us to be better Christians and to be better people. And so I want to say thank you to my friend Luis. Jesus, just before he leaves his 12 friends, he spends time with them. He shows them respect. He challenges them. He inspires them. He promises that even when he goes away, his very spirit will abide with them forever. And as he departs from them, he tells them not to worry so much about right belief, but about right action. If you want to be my friends, he says to them, then love others as I have loved you. May we each carry on the work of Jesus by living and loving as we have been loved by God. Amen.